Vale Rig FM. Hello, and welcome back to the Mystery Machine, the closest thing Vale Rig FM has to a science show. This is the show where every week we take a spooky mystery and we try and figure out what probably actually happened. As always, I'm your host Angus, and joining me, as ever, is my good mate James. Hello there. How are you doing, James? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing aggressively well. There's a lot of anger in the podcast today. There's always anger in this podcast. Yeah, but we keep it, we keep it civil for the listeners. Yeah, I keep pointing you, but you kind of edit it out. Yeah, no. I'm very good at that. <laughs> uh, this week, we are looking at the most haunted house in London. Ooh. Mm. Um, allegedly. <laughs> and we'll dive into why that's allegedly throughout this. Berkeley Square is a lovely little um, square located in Mayfair, London. So far this holds up. Yeah. It was built in the 1740s, but there isn't really an exact date to when these incidents began, so I'll just kind of go through the history of it. There's an early legend that tells of a young woman who was imprisoned in the attic at number 50 Berkeley Square. She was kept prisoner by her evil uncle, or in some versions it's a little boy kept by an evil servant, um, until eventually they either throw themselves out the window, or they're killed by like their mice and the uncle or whatever. So already this is just like a story. Yeah, it's just kind of like local legend, there's nothing concrete. But mm-hmm. This is kind of where the kind of foundation begins. We don't have consistent records of the tenants of the house for a while, because we know that they all quickly left or died in mysterious circumstances. Ooh. The ones that left describe a brown mist or a figure dressed in white, capable of frightening people so greatly that they're permanently traumatised or even are just scared to death on the spot. I mean, brown mist, that's <laughs> not the scariest. No, that's true. A woman in white, you're like, oh, a bit spectral. But if I saw some brown mist, I'd be like, oh, I've got to call the landlord. It's 1700s London as well. Like, brown mist was just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? Um... Then apart from that, I'm not scared of damp. Oh, not damp, brown mist. Yeah. Um, no. No, not It's not a ghost. It's not a ghost, fair enough. Our first kind of real story comes from 1840, so nearly a century after um, this place was constructed. Mm-hmm. A 20-year-old student by the name of Sir Robert Warboys, because apparently Warboys was just a name you could have back in the day. <laughs> That's brilliant. He was hanging out in London with some kind of student mates, um, and he's kind of like a ghost sceptic. And so they dared him to spend a night in number 50 Buckley Square. Okay. And so he's just kind of like, oh yeah, no, I'm Sir Robert Warboys, so I can do what I want. So he took a pistol and a candle and rented the attic room on, well, the second floor room of the building. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes later, the um, porter of the building heard a gunshot and came to break down the door. Inside, the room was exactly as it had been left, aside from a single gunshot that was found on the wall later, and Sir Robert was dead on the floor. There was no evidence to has to how he died. It wasn't blunt force or a gunshot. The porter's report does make note of one specific detail, which was Sir Robert's face. He had died in absolute terror. Oh, I love that. I mean, I'm sorry you died, Robert. You had a great surname. And your premature death is probably the reason that surname died out. Yeah. Which your is... line and the war boys line is forever gone. There will be no war boys who will grow into war men. <laughs> really aren't war men just war boys. <laughs> Wait, maybe I'm the ghost, because I'm War Ender. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did you end War Boy, you War Ender? Uh, but what do you think this could be? What killed Sir Robert War Boys? Okay, so last time I checked, and I have done the numbers on this, mm-hmm. um, Damp can't shoot. No, that's correct. Yeah, it's tried, but it just can't hold the gun. Mm-hmm. So don't think it's the bomb mist. <laughs> but a, a white woman can 
Did you just hold a gun? Yeah, that's certainly true. A white woman can't hold a gun. <laughs> Progress. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'd, a ghost could shoot someone or convince them to shoot... Well, he didn't shoot himself because... Because they found the gun shot on the wall, yes. Oh. The ghost, like a policy guy, stole the gun and shot him. But there was no gun shot. So how could he have been shot? With a silencer? I mean, as in there was no wound. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. I meant as in on Sir Robert Warboy. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's got very good skin. <laughs> and the ghost watch just applied some moisturiser and it was gone. No, he's, he's got good skin. He doesn't need moisturiser. It just disappears. <laughs> You're missing the point of this ghost story of this ghost who I have established can scare people to death. Fine, it was a ghost gun. <laughs> That's not an answer. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh. oh, please continue. I shall. A few years later, two sailors of the HMS Penelope came to London. They were named Edward Blunden and Robert Martin. They also stayed at 50 Berkeley Square in the same room as Sir Robert. They managed to get a whole hour into their stay before getting spooked. Jesus. Edward Blunden, he woke up and he saw a strange grey shape crawling across the floor of the room. It was writhing and seemingly shapeless. He roused Martin telling him to run, whilst also grabbing a pistol that I guess he just had. Everyone (laughs) was packing heat back in the day. Then the creature pounced onto Blunden's neck and he started screaming. Terrified, um, uh, Rob Martin scarped out the building and flagged down a police officer. And when he and the officer returned to the room, it was empty. It's a rat. <laughs> That's very clearly just like a big rat big or like rat. a fox or something. I don't know, like, just... If it's dark and something jumps on you and it's gone, it's just an animal. But... But... After some searching... Oh! Edward Blunden's body was discovered in the basement... With the same expression of horror as war boys's. War, war boys's? War lads. What's the plural of war boys? <laughs> um, okay, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same look of terror is just a look of terror, I guess. Yeah, but it's, it's the same MO, for lack of a kind of better term. Mm. This creature is killing people with something. I'm, I'm guessing it is pure terror. It's that kind of eldritch bullshit, you know? Yeah. Um, but at this point, the house and its weird inhabitant gained some traction, and it became known as the Nameless Thing of Berkeley Square. Ooh. Which is kind of annoying, because when you want to search for something and you have to put Nameless Thing <laughs> in the search bar, it's a real pain. So another man stayed in um, Berkeley Square, again in Warboys' room, a man by the name of Thomas Littleton. He too described a grey, octopus-like creature crawling towards him in the night, and he shot at it. And it seemingly died. Once again, how's it going? Once again, how's it going? They were just strapped. Everyone was. <laughs> when he went to go and find the officer, uh, an officer even, um, the corpse of the nameless thing had just vanished. Mm. So it could be a lie. could be that he did actually shoot it, but it just kind of scarpered. Yeah. could be that octopuses contain invisible. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Exactly. That's why they're so hard to catch. <laughs> Nobody wants to admit that they can go invisible. They just like, oh, it's slippery. <laughs> Have you ever tried to catch an octopus? <laughs> Too many times. Can't <laughs> remind me. But our next tenant, he stayed a lot longer than the other ones. What, two hours? His name was Thomas Myers. 
and he leased 50 Berkeley Square in 1859 and lived there alone for several years after being rejected by his fiance. Aww. Yeah. Myers became more and more secluded, and the neighbors began re- reporting strange noises from the house, unusual kind of sounds, and Sir Thomas screaming early, like early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, after a year or so of living there, Myers just locked himself inside and just supposedly went mad until he died in 1874 of natural causes. When that, hmm? That's a slower form of terror than than we've seen in the previous few. It's learning. <laughs> uh, when the house was reclaimed, it just fallen into complete disrepair, making it only a lot more spooky. <laughs> Let me rattle off a few more of the incidents which have a bit more detail but are unconfirmed. Mm-hmm. A George William Littleton, supposedly a relation of Sir Thomas, um, stayed in the cellar of 50 Berkeley Square in 1872 with a shotgun. A bigger gun. A bigger gun, that's sure to work. He shot at a creature um, before running from the house. He returned and only found a few shotgun shells, same Mm -hmm. as previous uh, attempts to shoot it. (laughs) A maid apparently stayed in the haunted room in 1879 for one night and was found traumatised the next morning and died in an asylum the next day. Jesus. Mm-hmm. In 1887, two more sailors stayed in the house, both also from the HMS Penelope. One was found dead just outside the room's door, seemingly having tripped trying to escape. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that dude died, but I was... <laughs> the other one managed to escape the house, claiming to have been chased by the, the ghost, the vengeful spirit of Thomas Myers. Ooh. Did any of those strike you as particularly credible or likely? I mean, the last one feels a bit more credible, but the other one's just like... If you go to a spooky place expecting a spooky thing, you're going to be scared by anything that appears. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, the one being chased away, two people, that makes a bit more sense. Mm. There's a bit more credibility, but one of them isn't able to speak because they tripped and died. Yeah. We could ask him, but, you know. That would involve proving the ghosts were real. Yeah. Which is kind of the end goal of our show, isn't it? (laughs) But the house is still there today. Mm-hmm. It was bought in the 1930s by um, a guy called Edward Maggs, and it was converted into a bookshop. But Ooh. nobody is allowed to climb to the second floor, just in case. That's brilliant. That's quite good. I like that a lot. That's, that's such a selling point. <laughs> so let's look at some rooms and theories. There aren't many. Um, mm-hmm. Frankly, there's only really one, because the main kind of theory is just a Satan. <laughs> <laughs> just a straight-up non-Euclidean bastard. Like. Which is the same thing as aliens or anything where it doesn't answer our question. Yeah, exactly. It's just, that's not a theory. You're just saying, oh, this thing that looks like a ghost. Oh, was it a ghost? <laughs> if, it, if it's Satan, we can't just, like, pack up our things and go. But for the other theory, we got to talk about Edgar Allan Poe for a bit. Oh. So you may be aware of Edgar Allan Poe. He's a bit of a writer. I mean, yeah. on the side. I've heard of him. He wrote a number of um, short stories and bits of fiction that were published in newspapers, but weren't marked as fiction. Ooh. And as such, were treated as news. Which is just bad journalism at the end yeah. of the day. Well, no, so, like, there's a very famous one where he describes, like, a doctor melting, or, like, a patient melting when he's being treated by a doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, for ages, people are like, oh, my God, that's crazy. What happened there? <laughs> I'm not going to the doctors. They can melt me. <laughs> Well, this happened right up until the early 1900s with a bunch of writers. I think Conan Doyle did it a bit as well. Um, well, that makes sense. The Sherlock Holmes story is kind of written like they happened. Yeah. Um, but newspapers weren't as kind of more closely scrutinised. People were more willing to accept this stuff. Mm. You know, this was the same time where, like, doing cocaine was medicine. You know? <laughs> Simpler times. Absolutely. So one theory is that what probably happened is that the house was neglected probably after Thomas Myers' death and a handful of stories were spread to make it spooky. Mm. But who really stands to gain from this? Edgar Allan Poe. I'll tell you who. 
haunted tours of London. <laughs> Big spooky, as I call them. Our enemy. Yeah, profiting off bloody spooky tours all over the bloody capital. <laughs> the spooky conspiracy, they're hiding the real ghosts. Exactly, they want to keep the truth from us, because otherwise they can't sell ghost tours to dumb tourists. <laughs> And that's my theory, genuinely. Well, I mean, but I it, say that like they're suppressing information. They're not. <laughs> they're just heightening the information that's there. Yeah, no, and frankly, most ghost stories aren't real. Sorry for any true believers out there. <laughs> You've got three series into this show, <laughs> and you're surprised by that. But yeah, that's my theory. I think it's big spooky that keep us kind of like being like, ooh. Ooh, look in there. Is that a figure in the window? <laughs> uh, I agree with you because like all of these ghosts are different ghosts. Yeah. So there's no like, if the if everyone saw a white woman, I'd be mm-hmm. like, ooh, interesting. If, if everyone saw a mold, mm-hmm. I'd be like, it's definitely sentient mold. Yeah. But it's not. They just keep seeing different ghosts. Exactly. And if it was like one or two freak occurrences, I think it might be... Um... I've talked to you before about Warwick Castle, mm-hmm. which for years and years and years, people saw like ghosts and spirits patrolling the hallways, weird blobs out the corner of their eye. And when it was actually investigated, it just turned out to be a, um, an air conditioning unit that was vibrating at the same pitch as the human eye, which was causing hallucinations, which is fucking wild. That's brilliant. That's so much yeah. cooler than anything else on the show. <laughs> That's better than if ghosts were real in my mind. Yeah. But I think it could be something very similar here, where it's just the brain playing tricks on a few people, and then, as mm. we've seen so many times, it just spirals from that. Exactly, the flap. The flap. And on that note, I've been Angus. And I've been James. And this has been The Mystery Machine. You can catch us here every week, wherever you get your good podcasts. Take care. Take care. Be spooky.